Turn with me, please, to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. And while you're turning there, I'm going to read to you from Luke chapter 18. But you can just, when, I, when I'm listening to a sermon, I don't like to flip all around the Bible. So if you want to just stay there in Matthew 5, that'll be fine. But I'm going to read from Luke 18, and then we'll, we'll work our way back to Matthew 5. Luke 18. Jesus also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, that is, declared righteous, having a right standing before Almighty God. He went down justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. And we'll get back to that parable in just a little bit, but for now we will look at Matthew 5, 3, which is uh, the beginning of the very first words out of our Lord's mouth when He gave the Sermon on the Mount. And they're the first words to the Beatitudes. But it says this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So we will be focusing just on that one verse, making reference to the others. But in our day, there's a lot of God talk. There can be a lot of religious feelings that we may have and others may have. And you turn TV on and you'll, talk, you'll hear people talk about God and these great experiences they have about God. And yet, in truth, there can be little spiritual reality one can be very religious, yet not be poor in spirit. One can be very active in church, yet not be poor in spirit. One can preach a sermon, or be a great missionary, known all over, and yet not be poor in spirit. One can speak much about God, and not be poor in spirit. Well, what is it then to be poor in spirit? And this, as I said earlier, this is from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And we will back up for a second there in verse 1 of chapter 5. It says, Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth 
and taught them. Now, when you read the Bible, there are words and phrases that you can just blow over or kind of water ski over and not really think about. But here it says in verse 2 that Jesus opened his mouth. That is a very, very important phrase. What it says is this, that when Christ spoke the Sermon on the Mount, he was pouring out his mind. Almighty God in, in human flesh, pouring out his mind, pouring out his heart. He's saying things that are of utmost importance, not just to us, but to him. And so he, he goes on, Matthew 5, chapter 6 and chapter 7, giving his Sermon on the Mount. And we see how the people responded in verse 28 of chapter 7. When Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. Have you ever been astonished when somebody preaches? Have you ever just been like amazed and gripped? I wonder, have you? Yeah. You don't even know what to say at times because of what you just heard. Well, why were they astonished? Verse 29, because he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. So again, as we hear Matthew 5, 3, remember, this is Christ speaking, pouring out his heart, sharing everything that is important to him. And he opens up with a strange way by saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Well, what does it mean to be poor in spirit? That's what we're going to look at this morning. And why would such a person be blessed of all, of all things? So what does it mean to be poor in spirit, and why is such a person blessed? First, what does it mean to be poor in spirit? To be poor in spirit means that you have absolutely no resources, no righteousness to give to Almighty God. You are totally bankrupt permanently bankrupt. They tell me that in, in bankruptcy courts or bankruptcy language, there are two kinds of bankruptcy. Do you all know about this? There's chapter, I think it's chapter 7 and chapter 11, I think. Two different chapters, okay? <laughs> two different categories. One is where you say, okay, I'm bankrupt. I'm bankrupt. But I'm making it, and just give me a little bit of time here, and I've got, I'm poor, but I've got some resources, I, I'm going to make it, and here's my plan of how to get out of bankruptcy. That's one kind of bankruptcy you can declare. That is not what Jesus is saying here. Another way, another bankruptcy is permanent bankruptcy, where you have nothing, you're in a corner, you have no resources, no way out, and Jesus is saying, that is poor in spirit. When somebody realizes that spiritually speaking, that is all they have to give to Almighty God, which is nothing. And it, there's no hope in themselves for salvation or for forgiveness. These are poor in spirit. Years ago, I was uh, out in Oklahoma. I lived there and I went to a furniture store. And I was trying to find a, a salesman. Have you ever gone to a store and you can't find anybody to help you, right? Well, finally, I found a person. But this, this man was wrapping things up with a sale that he was making with this lady. And the lady was 
was dressed very nicely and she was talking about all this fancy great furniture she was going to get and and the man was just listening he had his book out and listening and she kept talking and finally he came to the point of paying for this and uh, the, the salesman looks at her and he says okay now how did you want to pay for this and she says this she said well my husband and I are bankrupt right now but but we're making it we're going to make it we're going to do it well at that point the man closed his book and of course I walked away because I knew it was the kind of I didn't realize it was going to be the conversation was going to go this way but see she she and I say this kindly um, and obviously none of you know her she lives in Oklahoma um, I don't even know her but anyway um, she was not poor in spirit she was temporary bankrupt and thinking of ways that she could make it we go back to the tax collector remember we just read about the Pharisee, was he poor in spirit? Yes or no? No. The Pharisee did all kinds of great things on the outside. You know, you would want him to be your next door neighbor because he would cut his grass and he would take care of things and be a great neighbor. But he gets before God Almighty and he's trusting in his own righteousness. And he says, I, God, I thank you. He's kind of giving lip service to God. Thanks, Lord, that, you, that I am... Uh, I'm better than that guy. Thank you. I, and he starts listing off the things that he does. The truth is, he was no better, though his outward conformity was nice and pleasant. But on the inside, he was just as needy and bankrupt and sinful, the Bible tells us, as anyone else. And so, but the tax collector, on the other hand, he was poor in spirit. He would not even look up to heaven because he realized he had no resources to give to Almighty God. And Jesus says that person went home justified, righteous, saved, forgiven because he was trusting in the work of Christ. He was trusting not in himself, but he was trusting in, in another, in the Lord for mercy. So that's what it means to be poor in spirit. Number one, it's just to see the truth of our lives and to admit it, to truly admit it. Yes, this is true of me. I am the sinner. I am the one. Not the person out there. I'm not concerned about them right now, but it's me. I'm the sinner. Number two, it's to run to the cross of Christ where you realize in Jesus alone is my salvation. And so you trust him and trust him alone. And in third, it's to daily see our continual need for the forgiveness and grace and mercy of God. I would guess that most of you have been Christians for decades. And you may be thinking, well, it's, this is true. And, and, you know, 30 years ago, I became a Christian. I trusted Christ. I trusted his work on the cross. But beloved, until we go to heaven... Until then, we still will struggle with sin. Worry, for example, as you sang, and, and a myriad of sins. Every, you know, we struggle. We fall short. We have nothing to boast about until that day when we will be sinless and we will be like Jesus. But 
on this earth, we have no, nothing to glory in except for the cross of Christ. And that's what it means to be poor in spirit. It's to have the self-righteous wind knocked out of us and we turn and look to Jesus and trust him alone as our Savior. So that's what poor in spirit is. Now why, the, Jesus says, why is such a person blessed? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Now in our world, we say, if you want to be blessed and happy, what? Get some possessions, right? Get a nice bass boat. That's what I'd like. You know, you, know, you name it. You, you could fill in the blank. But all of us want something. We think, if I just had this or this or this, then I'd be happy and satisfied in life. And Jesus is saying, no, not at all. Those who are blessed admit their bankruptcy. And the, the word blessed there is this word to be envied, to be congratulated. To, to, people would look at you and say, wow, what joy, what joy. You are living life as it should be lived. And you're, the fulfillment of that, you have fulfillment and happiness. And that's what Jesus is saying. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the bankrupt who turn to Jesus Christ and rest in him alone for salvation. And so that's what it means to be blessed. Blessed, why? Because the poor in spirit have heaven. You think about that. We are going to go to heaven one day, not based on our righteousness, because we have none, but based on the righteousness of Christ, where he died once for all of our sin. There we will go to heaven. We are blessed. The poor in spirit are blessed because, in a sense, they have heaven now. You know, when we go through hard times, there's a sense of God's presence, and we can have be at rest with that. And so, in a sense, that's heaven coming to us now, crashing in on our life. Finally, such a person is blessed because they have Jesus and they have Christ alone. And he's promised to never leave him. So this is true spirituality. It's to be poor in spirit. And as I said earlier, you can be all kinds of things, but not have this genuine spirituality, a genuine faith in Jesus Christ, a genuine relationship with Almighty God. So why is this true spirituality? Well, um, one is because such a person who is poor in spirit genuinely knows God. There's just a genuineness. Um, have you all ever, well, I'll back up. Let me tell you a story, okay? Years ago, I was waiting for a friend, and he was, it was early in the morning. The, there was a foggy morning. It was just peaceful outside, and I was waiting for him to come out, and we were going to go on a trip. And as I was waiting, I looked on the, the side of the road, and there was like some water there, and there was a turtle there, just a tiny baby turtle. And I thought, wow, I, you know, I've got nothing else to do. I'll go look at that turtle. So, I, yes, you can think I'm weird. That's okay. But I pick it up, and I, I look at the back of that turtle, and it was beautiful. And I thought, man, 
that is incredible. And I started to praise God. I said, God, I thank you for how you make everything for your glory, even this tiny little turtle. And I just kind of went on and on praising God while I waited for my friend and looked at it. I couldn't believe the head and the turtle was just still, it was just kind of like this. And then I turned it over because I wanted to look at the belly and, and continue my praise of God for how he made the belly of a turtle. And when I turned it over, I studied it, and right in the middle of the belly, it said, made in China. <laughs> I had been fooled. The turtle looked real. Made in China. The turtle looked real, but it wasn't real. Yeah, the turtle was real, or I thought it was real, but it wasn't real. Beloved, religious people can sometimes look very, very real and yet not be real. And I, I, we say that kindly and gently, but the difference, all the difference, is being poor in spirit. It really is. If there is no poverty of spirit in a person, then... They may look good. They may do all kinds of things. But they have yet to come to know the true and living God. The true and living God. For to know Him is to be humbled by your sin. I want to read to you another passage, Isaiah chapter 6, of a man who saw God as He is. He saw the Lord Almighty. And the man, of course, was Isaiah This, this happened, this event that I'm going to read to you happened around the year 738 B.C., 738 B.C. And um, Isaiah had been proclaiming woes on Judah, and rightly so. In fact, he, one of the things he says in chapter 5 is, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. And, and on and on and on. There's all these different woes that God God that Isaiah gave and God through Isaiah gave. But then read the, let me read this to you and listen to something that happened. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Now this word seraphim means fiery ones. These fiery creatures in heaven are, which communicate holiness and they're flying around. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. Again, we, we are told, and rightly so, that no one can look on God. Even the sinless creatures of heaven cannot look on him. And so they are covering their face and they're covering their creatureliness by covering their feet. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost. 
for I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. God is holy, and He's not changed. Since before time began, He is exactly the same as He is this morning. And He is infinite in holiness, infinite in majesty. In the prophet Isaiah, who loved God, when he saw this vision of God, realized the truth of who God is, and he became poor in spirit. And he said, woe is me. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. And so all of us, dear friends, all of us in God's sight have a great, great need for the cross of Christ, for atonement, for forgiveness. And the hope is, the good news is, we have a place where we can run to when we've discovered the truth about ourselves. And that place is Jesus and his work on the cross. And hear this this morning. This is Isaiah 55. So again, the same author, Isaiah, writes this. And this is God speaking to you this morning. He's coming to you this morning with grace, with a promise of grace. Listen to it. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy, and eat. He who is poor in spirit, we could say, you who have no money, no righteousness, nothing. Come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. It is pure grace that Jesus is giving to you this morning. Pure grace, pure mercy for your blackest sins. And so run to him this morning. And that's my application, if you want to call it that. <laughs> run to him. Tell him the truth that you have nothing to give him. And rest in, in Christ and rest in his work on the cross. And you will be blessed. So blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray. Lord. This morning we thank you and worship you that you died once for all of our sin and we are washed whiter than snow. Jesus, thank you that when you show us our sin, you're not trying to destroy us or ground us into the dirt. Thank you that you show us our sin by your spirit so that we can run to you and tell you the truth and find mercy and grace. I pray for all of us that for the rest of our lives we would be people who are near the cross and stay there and find our glory in you, in you alone and not in ourselves. And so, Father, we thank you for your word and thank you for this beautiful promise. 
that we've been looking at this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.